Chapter Twelve, Part Two of Bill the Conqueror by P. G. Woodhouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A visitor for Mr. Paradine. The girl who had so pleased Horace's critical eye walked on till she came to the gate of Mr. Paradine's grounds, then turned in and proceeded down the drive towards the house. This was familiar territory to her. She was surprised to find how clearly she remembered all the various landmarks there was the funny old shingled roof there the window of her bedroom and there through the trees gleamed the lake her eyes dimmed and she caught her breath with a little gasp as she saw the lake the two dressing sheds were there also the diving board all just the same as they had been centuries ago when she was sixteen skinny and freckled she walked on and rang the bell and presently mr paradine once more up his ladder was aware of roberts the butler on the floor below him eh said mr paradine absently a lady wishes to see you sir mr paradine almost slid down the ladder it was a rare almost an unprecedented occurrence for ladies to wish to see him who is she a miss sheridan sir there had been no affecting reunion between flick and roberts to each the other had appeared as a stranger flick remembered that on her visit to this place five years ago there had been a butler but the personality of roberts had not stamped itself on her mind as for roberts if he recalled the small girl who had stayed at the house in the third year of his butlership he did not associate her with this attractive young person did she say what she wanted no sir where is she i have shown her into the morning-room sir i suppose you had better ask her to come up here very good sir the uneasy suspicion which had disturbed mr paradine's mind that his visitor had come to collect funds for some enterprise of the community church vanished as she entered the room the community church when it made its periodical assaults on his purse did so through the medium of females of a maturer vintage he looked at her inquiringly so obviously puzzled that flick though she was far from being in a cheery frame of mind smiled faintly you don't remember me mr paradine why er uh, to be frank well it's quite a long time since we met i stayed here five years ago with my uncle sinclair hammond good heavens mr paradine who had contented himself so far with a weary bow at long range sprang forward and shook her hand warmly i'd never have known you bless my soul you were quite a child then i remember you perfectly now bless my soul yes so you're back in america eh do you live here now marry an american eh no i'm not married just visiting well well i'm delighted to see you again my dear you caught me just in time oddly enough i'm on the very eve of sailing for england to stay with your uncle i know that's why i've come here uncle sinclair wants you to take me back to england with you you've had his cable cable said mr paradine i remember no cable he rang the bell roberts has a cable come for me recently 
yes sir one arrived yesterday if you remember sir i brought it to you in this room you were busy at the bookshelves at the moment and instructed me to place it on the table the table was covered with a deep top-dressing of books and papers mr paradine rummaged among these and presently came to the surface bearing triumphantly a buff envelope roberts vindicated left the room i really must apologize said mr paradine i have a bad habit of snowing my correspondence under all the same roberts should have reminded me cables are important things he opened the envelope and read its contents yes this is the one your uncle says you will be calling on me and will i bring you over to england of course only too delighted where are you staying with friends in new york no i'm all alone alone mr paradine replaced his rimless glasses which had fallen off and stared at her you don't mean to say your uncle let you come over here all alone i ran away said flick simply ran away from home and now she said with a crooked smile and a little lift of her shoulders i'm running back again even with the aid of his glasses mr paradine seemed to find it hard to inspect her as closely as he wished he came a step nearer peering at her bewildered you ran away from home but why they wanted me to marry somebody i found i didn't want to marry uncle sinclair she went on quickly hadn't anything to do with it poor dear it was the others aunt frances and uncle george mr paradine would have liked footnotes explaining these two new characters but he hesitated to interrupt the flow of a narrative which was gripping him strongly things continued flick got rather unpleasant so i ran away and came over here i thought i could get work of some kind i never heard of such a thing that's practically what everybody said whom i asked for work i never dreamed anybody could be so little wanted as i was i had a certain amount of money when i got to america and i supposed it would last ever so long but it seemed to melt away and one night i had my bag stolen with almost every penny i possessed in it that finished me i stuck it out for another couple of days and then i spent my last two dollars on a cable home mr paradine though capable on occasion of behaving like a volcano was a soft-hearted and romantic man flick's story touched him and then i got a cable back telling me to go to you and you would look after me and bring me back to england my dear child of course i will of course your room shall be got ready at once the same one you had five years ago i'm afraid i'm an awful nuisance nothing of the kind said mr paradine heatedly how dare you say you're a nuisance you're nothing of the sort would you like some tea i should rather if it's not giving too much trouble the ringing of the bell did mr paradine the service of helping him cover his embarrassment 
there was to him something poignantly pathetic in this meekness on the part of a girl who only a short time back had on her own showing been so abundantly equipped with spirit as to run away from home and cross the atlantic to try her luck in a foreign land until the tea arrived he moved about the room with his back turned fussing over his books but if you go home he said when flick had drunk a cup of tea and seemed the better for it you will have to marry this man you dislike he realized that it might be tactless this harping on a delicate subject but curiosity overcame delicacy he was feeling like a child being told a story oh i don't dislike him said flick tonelessly i'm very fond of someone else who isn't fond of me so i've decided i might just as well marry roderick as do anything trying to live in new york on nothing has changed my views of life a good deal it has made a comfortable home and lots of money seem more attractive one has got to be practical hasn't one she got up and began to walk about the room what a lot of books you have she said ever so many more than uncle sinclair he has some i would be very glad to own said mr paradine handsomely he would have liked to hear more of this man whom flick was fond of but who was not fond of her but he gathered that she looked upon her narrative as completed and would resent further questioning he followed her across the room and touched her shoulder with an awkward little pat of condolence she looked around at him and he saw that her eyes were misty there was a momentary pause tense with embarrassment and he covered it by picking up the photograph at which she had been looking it was a full-length snapshot of a burly young man in football costume staring out of the picture with the doughy stolidity habitual to burly young men in football costume that is my nephew william said mr paradine flick nodded i know oh of course yes said mr paradine he was staying here when you and your uncle visited me wasn't he he looks very strong said flick she felt that she must say something he is strong said mr paradine and he added gruffly he is an idle worthless young waster flick uttered a sharp exclamation he isn't oh i beg your pardon she hurried on what i meant to say was that i don't think you know how hard he is working now to try to find out what is wrong with your london business hello mr paradine put up his glasses how do you know anything about that i-i met him over in london yes that's odd where did you run across him uh in our garden there said mr paradine what did i say he spends his time fooling around at garden parties it wasn't exactly a garden party said flick he really is trying his hardest to find out why those profits have fallen off so much oh yes oh but he is insisted flick she refused to allow herself to be intimidated by the old man's gruffness the fact that he still kept bill's photograph in his library 
that holy of holies must surely be significant i'll tell you something he's found out already he's discovered that mr slingsby is selling nearly all your wood pulp to a firm named higgins and bennett at a very small profit when he has had much better offers elsewhere what it's quite true i think we both think that mr slingsby isn't very honest nonsense as straight and able a man as i ever met and i'm a judge of character you can't be a very good judge of character if you think bill is an idle waster said flick warmly hello you seem very friendly towards him i am why you hardly know him i've known him for years yes i suppose you have if you like to put it that way this is interesting what you tell me about those sales i can't understand it did william tell you how he found out no but he's awfully clever hm i never noticed it well he is and i'm sure that if you would take him into your business and give him a fair start he would do wonders mr paradine chuckled <laughs> if i ever think of founding a william boosting club i shall know where to go for a president i think he's rather hurt that you haven't sent him a word since he got to england asking him how he's getting on i'll bet he hasn't given me a thought since he landed said mr paradine callously still if you think he's so sensitive i'll send him a wireless from the boat and arrange a meeting i wish you would but i don't even know where he is nine marmont mansions prince of wales road battersea park london said flick glibly good gracious how do you know that he told me mr paradine looked at her curiously i don't know how long you were talking in this garden of yours he said but there doesn't seem to have been much that he didn't tell you i suppose he roasted me eh he said you were a perfect darling said flick who tried to make people believe you were a terror and didn't deceive anybody she stooped and bestowed a swift kiss on the bald spot in the centre of mr paradine's mop of stiff white hair i'm going out into the garden she said i want to see if you've been and changed everything since i was last here if i find you have i'll come back and smack you mr paradine followed her with a round-eyed gaze as she left the room his thoughts strayed back to the story she told him and he gave a discontented sniff hm. a man who isn't fond of that girl he mused must be a fool he picked up the photograph of bill and looked at it a rather wistful smile curving his lips an idle young hound william but not unattractive by no means unattractive he put the photograph down and toddled off to his ladder end of chapter 12 part 2